This episode of Boob Sweat is brought to you by Mega Babe. If you didn't already know, I founded my personal care brand, Mega Babe, a few years ago to solve real problems with cute solutions. Even though I founded the brand, I am not qualified to do every single job, which is why I hire wonderful people like our customer service wizard, Britt. I've brought Britt on here to help answer a question. Hi, Britt. Hey, Katie. All right, Britt, go ahead. Bonnie said she's a super sweaty girl, and she asked how we can help with sweat that's showing through her clothes. Bonnie, 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 have I got some answers for you. We have several different solutions, starting with our bus dust, which is a hands-free way to apply our telc-free powder into your bra. You just literally pump it in there. It was the second product that we launched with. We also have our dust puff, which helps making apply powder to your body really easy because it helps with the mess. It also puts the powder on really evenly. Our dust puff is kind of awesome. And if you're not into powder, we actually have a cool product called Magic Powder. I know it says powder in the name, but it's actually a lotion. You apply it in a thin layer and it dries with a powder finish. I put it right under my boobs and sometimes under my butt cheeks. It's awesome. And don't forget, we also have body dust, which is the same great formula as our bus dust, but with a different applicator. So if you're not a fan of the pump, this comes with a sprinkle applicator, so you can easily apply it anywhere that you experience sweat throughout the day. Britt, you're right. Body dust, of course, duh. Thank you so much for always knowing more than I do. And for a limited time, I'm offering Boob Sweat listeners 15% off your order at megababeauty.com with the code boobsweat15 at checkout. Now, on to the pod. Hi, I'm Katie Storino, and this is Boob Sweat. There are a lot of things out there that make us sweat, but don't worry, you're not alone. We are here to talk about it. Welcome back to Boob Sweat. This week, we're answering your career questions, specifically your questions about making career changes. We've all been experiencing the great resignation in one way or another. People leaving jobs without another one lined up, people changing their whole career trajectory. And as a business owner, I've been seeing this in the way that employees are interviewing. I think it's really interesting that it's an interviewee market, meaning they've got all the power, the salary, whatever they want, whatever they need, they can negotiate for it, which is great, I guess. I mean... As an employer, it's just an interesting trend to see. Now, I think it's a good time to bring in Maddie, who was my assistant and is now my producer. Maddie, how are you feeling about the great resignation? Um, I'm feeling good. I technically am a part of it. Oh. Weirdly, because I think I, yeah, because I left you in like the time zone wow, that they okay. say is the great resignation. Rude. But. <laughs> I see. Didn't know <laughs> no. I was going to be roped into this. Yep. No. Oh, my God. Sorry. But um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's interesting to see. Also, I feel like it's interesting because people keep saying that it's like an employee's market. Yeah. But still finding a job is so hard because so many people are finding a job right now. I like just, I don't believe it. I every every person I speak to who works and is hiring is like, I can't pay enough money. I can't give enough benefits. People just like don't really want the job. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been hearing from people like people my age are like trying to find a job and it's just like competitive as hell. Do you think that maybe I'm looking in the wrong? Like, Do you think like the youth and like the olds are just looking for each other in the wrong areas and that's the disconnect? Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Where do you look for jobs? I mean, like just like LinkedIn and stuff. 
So yeah. it's not like, yeah, LinkedIn. that's where it is. I think it's just like chaotic because I feel like I've been like ghosted by people before. What? Like I've been I ghosted know. by people. I know. I think it's just like everyone's losing their minds. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad to know I've been part of the great resignation. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Small. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't think it was like. I don't think I'm a part of the great resignation, yeah. but it's like technically the but time there we frames. Are. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure you guys stay until the end of the episode because we're going to try something new here and hopefully cool for everyone who's looking to connect with other boob sweat listeners looking to make career changes. Now, to help answer your questions and talk about the great resignation and the changing career landscape, I invited B. Kim on this episode. She is a group coach for the Stanford Graduate School of Business facilitating deep conversations for the Women in Management program. Along with coaching, B co-founded Awaken, a leading provider of diversity, equity, and inclusion education programs that go beyond just checking the box. Let's get into this conversation and your questions with B Kim. B, thank you so much for coming on. Yes, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. We're in the middle of the great resignation, which I would love to ask you some questions about. And I think this is something that I'm having a hard time with. I don't understand what the great resignation is, why it's happening. And as someone who really fully leaned into hustle culture mm. and having three jobs and never stopping working, this this like new age of of work is really throwing me for a loop. So I love, that's not really a question. It's more just my feelings. I love to ask you, first of all, what is the great resignation? Yeah. So the great resignation, you might've heard it as the big quit as well. Some folks refer to that. It basically refers to this like phenomena that you see of people voluntarily quitting their jobs Roughly 33 million American workers have quit their jobs since spring of last year. Wow. And that's kind of what's happening at the macro level. Okay. Um, What I'm seeing in my work at the more micro level is that people are burnt out. I mean, we were, what, year two and a half, three, I don't know, what is time, right, in in this pandemic, in this pandemic, and people are burnt out. And so the things that maybe they had resilience for pre-pandemic, it's like, no, I'm not going to deal with that anymore. And I don't have to. And so we're seeing this mass exodus as a result. Are are they getting new jobs? Yes. Again, I can only share what I'm seeing from my own viewpoint as a coach. Um, And I think I have a unique perspective too, because I'm seeing both from the clients who are trying to get new jobs, who are either thinking about leaving, who who are leaving, who have left and who have gotten new jobs. I'm also seeing from the other end, I have clients who are trying to hire great talent who are people leaders, CEOs, founders, and they are having a tough time of it because they're like, gosh, trying to attract talent in this hot market is really difficult. Oh my God. We have been hiring for Mega Babe and it it it's been so difficult. It's been crazy. The the salaries are like way higher than anything I've ever seen. Yep. Um, I feel like the attitude is very like take it or leave it, like kind of that's the vibe. You're and not it's alone, just, Katie. It's so different <laughs> than what I was not what I was brought up on, but like when I was getting a job in my twenties, I was like, 
yes, I am here. Like, what do you need? I'm following up. Like, there's just this level of professionalism, perceived professionalism in, in terms, like, that's what I thought it was, um, that doesn't seem to be happening now. Are, are we, am I old fashioned? Um, hmm, what's, a, what's another word? So I don't want to call you old fashioned, <laughs> <laughs> but things are definitely shifting for sure. Okay. Like, for example, I, I sent out a, an email to someone and asked their salary requirements, and it was like three days later, they answered at night with like a one-word answer. Yeah. I'm Is that actually, normal? I, so I wouldn't normalize that, but I would say that I'm hearing that quite a bit. In fact, <sighs> I was speaking with um, one of my clients who's a CEO founder as well, and she was like, I feel like applicants are really flaky. That was her word. Yeah. She was saying flaky. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's because people have a lot more options. Wow. I would say the power dynamic feels like it's shifting as a result of the great yeah. resignation where it's like, you know what? I've got 10 other people that I could be interviewing with. So if this isn't meeting my salary needs, I have the option to go talk wow. to someone else. I would say that in, 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 I'm sorry to keep talking about Megababe, but I just, it, for us, it probably did push us to advance to the next level of, I mean, we're, we're a company that has three employees and mm -hmm. we've just added three more. So we've doubled our employees. Wow. Out. Congrats. Yeah. It, it, that's a big step. And it definitely pushed us to go to the next level of um, having employees, like really kind of formalizing more time off and our holiday schedule and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I, so maybe that was good, but it's it's just been a really interesting time. It is a re really interesting time. And I think that you've got a unique perspective, too, as someone who's trying to hire, right, and retain yeah. and attract great folks yeah. to your team. Yeah. Um, and for people on the other end who are job seekers, it's a really interesting time, too. It's like, wow, I feel like I have a lot more options, as I mentioned before, that you didn't have pre-pandemic and you don't have to put up with some of the things that maybe you felt like you had to put up beforehand, like a toxic culture, like, you know, shitty pay, any of those <laughs> things, like their things are shifting. So, so with all of the changes happening, um, we asked our listeners to submit email questions and questions via Instagram. And I don't think we have any voicemails on this episode, but I have, I am starting off with an email from a woman named Kelly. I like her question because um, it leads me into how to attract a certain demographic. So let me save my question for after. Um, hello, I am Kelly. I'm a licensed attorney. I took time away from the law because I was burnt out and wanted to spend more time with my kids. Now I'm working as an assistant to a travel agent. I like it, but I have a hard time being proud of it when people ask me what I do. I'm considering re-entry into the legal field so that I can feel proud of my career and have a job that could support me if I needed it to. But legal careers are notoriously inflexible. I like picking my kids up from school and volunteering. This would be very difficult if I was working full time. Do you have any advice? Should I just suck it up and do it or stay where I am? Mm. Great question. Um, first, I want to acknowledge and validate you are not the only one who is trying to kind of juggle your priorities on what's most important. 
Am I trying to solve for flexibility and more time picking up my kids, volunteering at my kids' schools Yeah. versus like this brand of like, I want to be proud of the work that I do. And people have this narrative, oh, you're a licensed attorney and now you're, you know, doing what you're doing now. Yeah. So the very first thing that I would say is like, what are you actually trying to solve for? Really, let's get crystal clear on the actual drivers, what I call drivers or your career values. They're most important for you. And it really sounds like that the number one thing you're trying to solve for truly is the value of flexibility. And I want to validate that that is the number one thing that American workers in the pandemic have said that that that's what they want. That if employers are giving them flexibility, they're happier, they tend to stay at their job. So I just want to validate for you, like, it sounds like that's what you're solving for. So if you can, if you want to find an attorney job that allows for flexibility, like if there is that rare unicorn where you can find that, that sounds like the magic sauce. If not, get crystal clear. If you're solving flexibility, stick with that. Stick with it. Yeah. Also, like you did the hard part. You went to law school. You're a lawyer. Like you just dunk on people and be like, what? Who cares? Like, I don't know. I feel like there's plenty to feel proud of in your career because you, you've already done that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no shame in there's no shame in in kind of working where you can because you have other priorities at the moment, which is flexibility. Absolutely. And you're going to have you're going to have people who always have their opinions right? Either family members or just people oh, yeah. around you who are going to kind of poo-poo whatever choices you make, no matter what. Yes. So at the end of the day, you just got to solve for yourself. And that's, that's the coaching I do is like, let's get crystal clear on what's important for you. Yeah. Distinguish what the external narrative is and really try to understand what's internally coming from you. I like that. So what I was trying to say before this question is, I am trying to tap into the part-time flexible um, you know, moms who are at home who mm-hmm. want to work in that way. Yep. I don't know how to reach them. You don't know how to reach moms like for part time. I don't. Moms? I don't know where to reach them. Like, Emma, is it? In, it's not an Instagram post. Like, is it like? Is there like a place that you can reach moms who are kind of looking to pick up ten or twenty hours of work yes. week who had really amazing careers, but like are now focused on other things for a bit? Yes, 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 Katie, yes. And now I'm blanking on the name and I feel really silly because I literally just did a burnout, like parental burnout workshop with them. Oh, Um, well, we can can get it after and Maddie can put it in the show notes. Yes, thank you. And then I can post on it. There are a lot of networks like that that are geared specifically for parents who want flexibility. I just think there are so many brilliant women, specifically women that I want to employ that are out there that I just don't know how to find them. So um, great. That's very helpful. Yes. And in fact, also in social media, so maybe it's not an Instagram post, but Facebook, there's a lot of Facebook groups that are geared specifically for moms as well. That's probably where I'm missing out because I'm not really Facebook. Yeah. Okay. I have an interesting question. Uh, how do I, how do I get feedback without seeming to be fishing for compliments? I just want to improve. Yeah, um, that is actually also a very common question that I get from my clients. So I always want to start by just validating this is you're not alone in wanting to get feedback. And first and foremost, it's 
trying to understand what kind of relationship do you have with your manager or the people you're trying to get feedback from? Because if you're really close, that could just be a simple question of like, hey, can we have some regular feedback sessions? It's important for me as a part of my career journey. Like, can we put something like a standing monthly or standing quarterly thing to talk about feedback? If you don't have that type of relationship with your boss, if it's like, oh my goodness, I feel really, I, I just started or I feel nervous having that kind of request. Again, it could be just a conversation that says, as a part of my career growth and journey, oh, how do you feel about feedback? Can, like, let's make this a collaborative thing versus me constantly having to ask for what I need. How do we make it feel like a team between you and your boss? right? Because your boss will also actually get a lot of giving you feedback, right? Like, ha. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't your boss want to get, give you feedback so you can keep improving? That's right. That's right. And feedback doesn't necessarily mean fishing for compliments. So if that's the so kind of narrative that this question questioner has, like I would just encourage you, no, feedback can it. be both, both constructive and positive. I will just also say if I work with a lot of women in their 20s and it's um, very infrequently are they seeking feedback. I am frequently giving feedback, mm. setting up times like month, you know, monthly, three months, six months. Like I'm, I'm always up in people's faces giving feedback, um, but I, I don't really get a lot of people seeking it, which I think is interesting. I'm a feedback seeker. I, I would love someone to ask me for feedback, right? Yeah. So that I think that would be a great encouragement is yeah, ask for feedback. Get get that feedback. That's it's right. It can and, be scary, but like uh, well, and as you ask for feedback, my request is like ask for specific feedback. Mm. It's not helpful for you to have get feedback that says, "You know what? You weren't that great in that client call." Like what does that mean, <laughs> right? Like get really specific. Uh, okay. what didn't work and get really specific on gratitude and what did work, right? Yeah. So that you can replicate it and keep growing on that. Huh. We've got more questions about burnout. Yeah. Burnout, such a buzzword right now. And it's so real. Can I just share with you, uh, I have a burnout uh, workshop that I do with at corporate clients for yeah. companies. It was the hottest number one request that I got from companies in 2020 and beginning of 2021. Wow. I do parental burnout and professional burnout workshops. And it was everyone and their coworkers were asking for burnout related topics. Why are we in, why is this suddenly a thing that we're feeling? Is it just because of the pandemic or is it because we're on the back end of hustle culture? I think it's probably a mixture of both frankly. And, you know, I don't think we give the amount of weight that the pandemic has had on us. Like, truly, it's like, well, everyone is going through this. It's like, yeah, everyone is grieving. We're actually going through the five stages of grief and mourning of, like, what life used to be like. And not to say what life used to be like was grand and great, but there's been some positive changes due to the pandemic, I would say. Yeah. But that being said, it's like, yeah, we're still going through a pandemic. We're like, still in it. We're still in it. It's heavy. Yeah. Now there's, you know, there has been war. war. Now there's yeah. more war that's happening. Yes. I mean, there's just a lot happening. Not even talking about our own personal day-to-day lives. Yeah. So just acknowledging that, um, that that is a lot of 
things that are out of our control that causes stress and prolonged stress is burnout. Burnout. Hmm. That's right. How long is it okay to take a break from work? Um, someone said that they got a severance and their office closed and they they want to take a break. And I also, I have a friend who is in a similar situation, office not closing, but like just wants a break. Is yeah. that normal? Yes. So Advisable? It, it, yes, absolutely. So what I'm hearing across the board from my clients is it's an all or nothing kind of mindset. Either yeah. I quit um, and that feels scary because I don't know what's next. So I have a lot of anxiety about that or I stay and feel miserable. Yeah. Those are my two options. Those, that's it. And, and what I encourage folks is like, no, like what else? What are the options that are on the table? A couple of my clients have thought about, oh yeah, what does taking a break look like? And again, one thing that I really encourage my clients is like, you have a lot more power than you give yourself credit for. Trust me, working with hiring managers and all the work and hoops that they're trying to attract people like you, you have a lot more power than you give hmm. yourself credit for. So ask for that break. Do you, is that even an option? Depending on your company, there might be a medical leave regarding burnout, right? So I actually had a client who just took a three-month medical leave burnout, uh, wow. burnout medical leave, leave of absence. Yes. I didn't know that was a thing. That, yes. Yeah, so depend, again, depending on the company and the policies that they have, that is absolutely an option. Uh, burnout is medically diagnosable. Wow. It is an actual real medical diagnosis of, from the World Health Organization. What are the symptoms of burnout? The, there's three symptoms of burnout. The first is cynicism. So like oh. you're now finding yourself like, well, what is the point? Yeah, I don't know. I, I used to feel like I wanted to do that, but now I don't want to do that, right? So there's this like cynicism about work. That's probably relatable, right? The second <laughs> is actual exhaustion. <laughs> okay. Like you are actually physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually exhausted. Yeah. Um, think about our health workers. Think about I just workers in general that yeah. are feeling exhausted. And then the last one is that your work is actually slipping, mm. right? That is actually, there is a marked difference in terms of your performance because now you're doing the work of two or three people that maybe you didn't yeah. have to because team members are leaving, et cetera. So those are the three main symptoms of burnout. So if you don't have a corporate policy that allows you to, that allows you to leave, is and you are you are worried about like you know you you need you need the money you can't just like leave work. Can yeah. I ask? Do you have a recommendation? Do you recommend that people take on a job with less responsibility, or do you recommend that you try to go in at your current level with less work time? Or what's the? You said that there's we have a lot of negotiation uh, power on our on our side right now. Yeah. So one of the things is like, is there a leave? So definitely investigate that what's available for your company. The second yeah. is just asking for a prolonged vacation. Hmm. I, I have a client right now who's in the midst of a four week vacation and we'll see, you know, does she feel better yeah. after four weeks or not? But taking a physical break is, is important. Huh. The third thing is, yeah, like investigate is part time an option for you. Yeah. If your company really values you, like really being able to, again, have a collaborative feel with your boss versus you're sitting across the table from me and now we have to like negotiate terms. It's like, hey, manager, come come to my side of the table and let's look at what we're trying to solve for because 
or solving for is me feeling burnt out. So it's part-time an option. Flexible scheduling is another thing that you can think about. Maybe as a parent, here's an example of parents is like, I've got to go pick up my kids from school. Like such an antiquated system. My school's, my kids' school stops at 2.30. I've I've got to take a break every day from one to four to get them situated and go pick them up or whatever. It is an antiquated system. Yes, it is. So what options are there? Is there flexibility in that? How do you know when it's time to stop climbing the ladder? I've never thought about stopping climbing the ladder. Oh, Katie. <laughs> do you, do, are you talking to me being like, we need a session. You are a nightmare. No. No, I say that because that is, I mean, that's a question I struggle with. That's a question yeah. that is universal. It's this question of like, when is it enough? Never. When, right? I- like, when am <laughs> I enough? When is what I contribute enough? Hmm. When is uh, when is it money enough? I, mm, like, you, we could one. put enough on all of those types mm-hmm. of different kinds of questions. And the answer truly is, coming back to that first question you asked me, which is like, what are you trying to solve for? Let's get really crystal clear on what your values or drivers are. Because if your number one driver right now for your career is flexibility, you're probably not going to be thinking too much about putting in the 60, 70 hours that you think you might have to try to climb the corporate ladder. And that's okay, right? This, This is, you're not solving for the rest of your life. This doesn't mean now you're on a path that will be for the next 30 years. Like right now, solve for flexibility. That's fine. That's what you're solving for. And who knows, maybe three years down the line, you know, if your kids are older or or you're older or whatever, things have shifted. We're no longer in a pandemic. You might then have the energy again to be like, no, yeah, I want to climb the ladder again. I'm back to it. Okay. Does that you and answer I can, your question? We, yes, it does. We we can offline about all those things for myself personally, please, because I I I. <laughs> woo. Um. So our next question is from Erin, and she essentially, to paraphrase her question, she quit a job she had for fifteen years, and she accepted a new position in a, like a different field. She realized it was a huge mistake, so she accepted another position in that same field, realized it was a huge mistake. She's seven months into this career change and she dreads work days. Her depression is spiking Mm. and she feels unhirable because she's made two really awful job decisions. She doesn't want to be viewed as a job hopper. Yeah, Erin, I got, again, I got to say you're not alone. Um, The very first thing that I like to tell my clients who have been in similar situations or who are pondering like, I hate my job. If I go to the next job and I get the exact same thing, then what's wrong with me? Right. So there's that narrative. And I just want to acknowledge like, no, there are very few decisions in life that are irreversible. So yes, there are some decisions that may be, but there, so like a job, that's not, if it doesn't work out, it's okay. And in today's market, I'm promising you in today's market, it's so hot. Employers are looking for talent like you, Erin, that there's a narrative that you can definitely create that just shows like, here's why I hopped. I spent 15 years in this previous job. 
it shows that I have the capability if the things are met, right? Like if, if the culture is right, if my manager is right, or what are the things that she's looking for? Um, you, you have the track where to show it. So it, it's okay. Like, I want to give you full permission, hop away. Like in today's market, it's totally fine. So as an employer, I'm going to follow up with that. As an employer, if you have an employee that is not, that you've just recently taken on, you're on a small team, how long do you give them to get it? Oh, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) I love this question. There is this, there is a saying here, at least in Silicon Valley, is like, when you feel like you need to fire someone, it's probably already too late. Like, you probably should have fired them already. Okay. Um, Because at this stage with three and now maybe six people, you may, I mean, that's a whole other path we can go down, which is like, you don't have the the capacity to give someone six months if yeah. they're not performing the way that you want them to be performing. It's like once you, if you have the feeling, you kind of should just follow your gut. Yeah, while giving them feedback along the way, right? Yes. This is where feedback also plays a crucial role on both sides. Why does it feel dangerous to, these are my questions. Um, why does it feel dangerous to fire someone in this climate? Well, because it's so hard to hire someone in this climate too, right? Yes. For me, I say both from the employee and the employer stance is like, nothing should ever be a surprise. Okay. Right? Like it shouldn't it's ever not be. A su- no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I thought I was doing a great job and all of a sudden now I'm being fired versus like, no, there's been signs I've been giving you feedback along the way. Okay. Great. Fine. That that makes me feel better. I would say on the employee side, yeah. same piece of advice. Nothing should ever be a surprise. Like if you're telling your boss, I'm happy, things are great. And on the like real side, you're like, I'm miserable and I'm gonna I'm willing to quit the next day. Like you gotta get it's gotta be a two way communication. You gotta be honest with that. That's feedback. right. That's right. I know. I so I have a I have a career change question. It says, "How do I, how do I leave a job I feel loyal to?" And I have I have an answer for this. Uh, well, Katie, I want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to know that we had an employee leave, and she it was very it was it was a shock. It was a mm. shock. It came out of nowhere. She left. That's fine. And I like still talk to her. I love her, but she put us in the right position so that we didn't like drown without her. Mm. And that was, that's like how I, I, she didn't just like punch out like two weeks I'm out. Like she really helped set us up. And that is how I like, I can continue to support her career going forward. Or like, I just feel like that's the classy, respectable, professional way to go out. Yeah. First of all, I think it says a lot about you as a as an employer and probably the team culture that you have created at Mega Babe to be able to do something like that where people feel like a close connection with you and yeah. they feel loyal That's to nice. the team, right? And they want yeah. to be able to set you up for success. So to that question of like loyalty and like how do you leave a job that you feel loyal to? I think that's a great example. 
I will say it depends on your employer too. Mm-hmm. Um, this is maybe a more cynical <laughs> view on it, which is like, <laughs> if you're talking about a big box employer, yeah, they're not going to be loyal to you the way that you feel compelled and loyal to them. I, I mean, that's point. just the reality of it. Yeah. So I would recommend, yes, don't don't burn bridges, right? Don't be like, peace and then leave and and burn bridges that way. But don't go out of your way in a way that's detrimental to you as the individual to try to set this company up for success. If at the end of the day, you know, you've got to do what's right for you. I think that's fair. Yeah. Another question. Is there any way to test out a new career while you're in your current career? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So this is a this is a common question as well, which is like, oh, I've been doing marketing for 15 years. I'm deciding that I hate it. And now this is all I'm good for. Like, this is what employers want to hire me for. What? And I think I want to go into people ops or I think I mm. want to see what product management is about. And um, rather than trying to burn the midnight oil or candles on both ends or whatever the the metaphor is, right? <laughs> it is being able to say, how do I get access to some of those roles? And just to get like a taste of it. So you're not trying to do double duty and do two full-time jobs. Yeah. But do you have access to uh, people ops and say like, hey, is there a side project? Or is there a learning and development project that I can even just kind of join a team? Um, talk to some folks who are in that job role already Again, just to say like, hey, what are some real, like really H to H, what's really good about it, but what's also really bad about it? Can you tell me some of the kind of nitty gritty? So kind of getting exposure to that is is possible. The other way that I've seen folks do it is just, you, there's a lot of classes, boot camps as well that kind of give you insight. A common boot camp that people seem to say is like, what is this data science thing? You know, especially for my women clients. Really? Um, yes, yes. Which is kind of an amazing thing to see is like, I have been um, in sales and I'm tired of it. And uh, there's this thing around design or there's this thing on data science. I've always been curious about it. I'm like, there are a lot of ways for you to be able to just sign up for a boot camp or sign up for classes. And that might give you a taste too about what that, what that role could look like for you. And do you advise uh, taking a step backwards salary-wise to take a step forward with, like, passion? Again, if that's what you're trying to solve for. That's Mm. why it's really hard for me to say yes, like a blanket yes or no. Yeah. Because everyone is different. That's great advice. Yeah, the best thing I can say is, like, yeah, if you're solving for passion as your number one, absolutely, it makes sense. If you're someone who's risk-averse, who that would give you a ton of anxiety if you are looking for high salary, if, if, if financial security is your number one, then maybe not. Maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense for you to take a step back. I, so th- I have a question here from someone. They said, how do I bounce back from a big mistake at work? And then I'm going to ask a sub question. Oh, well, I wish I could ask this person, like, what's a big mistake? <laughs> 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 if it's like just you know, bombing a presentation, that's, yeah. that's one thing, right? That's, then you gotta, my biggest piece of advice is have, create a culture around you. And you can do this as a people leader. You can do this as an individual contributor 
create a small culture around you around open communications Hmm. that you can ask for feedback. They give you feedback that it's nothing's a surprise, right? Yeah. So if you, if you bombed a presentation, for example, as a big mistake, have that conversation with your boss. Hey, I recognize that this happened. I want to get better. Do you have specific feedback on how I can actually get better? Let's create a plan together that then gets me to Hmm. that point, right? That's one way. If the big mistake is like you you sexually harass someone or so, I mean that's oh. a whole other story, right? So I, that yeah. that's where I like want to get a better understanding of big mistake. But but really, it's like create that culture around you, and you don't have to be a, a boss to do it. You can be an individual contributor that that welcomes the open communication both okay. ways. Yeah. So my my follow up underneath that is um, I know that we are. We are moving towards, listen, we're trying to tell women not to apologize so much. Mm. I personally am trying not to say the word I'm sorry or um, just trying not to apologize for existing. But is what is the deal with, like, if I, <laughs> like if I have an employee who has made a mistake and I look at them and I say, you know, you really dropped the ball on this and the the stare is blank. There's no, what I guess what I'm trying to say is I have had many conversations with people who I work with saying, hey, if you mess something up, that's all right. But what I need you to do is own it and say, hey, sorry about that. I got it for next time or something. Is that is that the incorrect thing? Is that teaching women to apologize or is that a totally different uh, conversation? I feel like that's a totally different conversation. It is, right? Yes. Yeah, I had this. If Lauren, Were you steering if, me towards a? <laughs> no, I had this conversation like a year ago, or not a year ago, but like six months ago with Lauren, my assistant, because she's like, "It's so funny. I've everything, every class, and everything I take uses says don't use the word. I'm sorry." And I'm like, "I think this is a different application because you gotta like you gotta own your fuck ups." Well, and I think the delineation or what you are what what you said is like. As women, we don't want to apologize for existing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a key <laughs> lever right there is like, don't apologize because that's what you've been programmed to do of taking up space or, I, you know, whatever our kind of default I'm sorry yeah. is. But rather, like, is it because you really did make a mistake and you really are owning up? I'm sorry. I want to acknowledge that I fucked up here and here are the things that I'm going to do. And we hear this constantly when you think about from the lens of just social justice or as an ally too, right? Like when you are called out or called in for making a remark that caused harm to someone, you you want to apologize, right? You not only want to apologize, but you also want to say, here's how I'm going to not do that again. Yeah. Right? So you don't say sorry for the sake of just saying sorry. Same thing. I, I think it's the same principle. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like that. I like that we we're on the. That's great. <laughs> it's good to know there's a difference, and I'm not undoing the work. That's right. So, is there anything that you, anything that we didn't talk about that you want to make sure that you're leaving with people? I think I've already hammered this like multiple times. I just have to say two things. One, be really crystal clear for you, uh, I'm talking to just people in general, for you to really know what is most important for you. 
Yeah. And I call that your values or your drivers. If you know what you're solving for, then making decisions is so much easier. It's not easy, but it's so much easier if you know what, what you're solving for. And then the second thing that I would recommend is be able to discern what's coming from you versus what's coming from the outside. Mm. What I mean by that is like, whose success are you going after, right? Yeah. Is it that you're okay with flexibility? Um, as our licensed attorney asked, but people are saying like, wait, you're a licensed attorney. Why are you doing this work, right? But what what matters most to you? Because if you can be clear on that, then, you know, forget everyone else. Solve for yourself, solve for your family, solve for what's internally motivated, not the external narrative. How did you know that this was what you needed to do in this world? Oh my goodness. It, I, every two years, like, like clockwork, every two years, I would go into this existential crisis. Like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? I'm only like getting better. That's where the panic would come to. It's like, I'm only getting better at this thing that I hate doing. So now, really, yeah, I'm going to get trapped into like this role because I was doing management consulting for a very large firm. And I was like, I was hating it. I was hating the work. I was making big companies richer. And I just, it just didn't align with my values. And it wasn't until I got my own coach where she was like, enough with the research be enough with this, like, ah, like I would go into a spiral. She's like, just do something about it. Go have a bias to action. And then I was like, well, I think what you're doing is pretty cool. Let me, <laughs> let me do something about that. And so I stopped yeah. with the research. I enrolled into a coaching program and I've loved it ever since. It's interesting because that is like management consulting. There is some sort of a skill set transfer, I think, also that. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, that's what my sister and my brother-in-law did. Um, so where can people find you? Admittedly, I am not a Katie Serino. I am not uh, huge on social media, but where people can find me is on my website, bkim.com, B-E-A-K-I-M.com. And people also can connect with me through LinkedIn. Yeah. Beatrice Kim. B, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking with us and answering our questions. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for reaching out. This was a lot of fun. That was my conversation with B. Kim. God, I think she was so cool. And I want her to come talk to Mega Babe. Maddie, what did you think of this? I thought the interview was really great. It was interesting to see, like, to get a professional opinion on how things are changing. Because, like, I feel like even my entry-level work experience is different from yours. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's just because I started working for, like, one person. Yeah. And I just, like, worked for them for a really long time. Who are you talking about? you (laughs) (laughs) or what because I feel like even like the job search is probably different now than it was when you started working when I started working yeah I mean (laughs) a lot of things have changed from when I started working for sure (laughs) yeah (laughs) god I probably look like a weird tiktok teen no (laughs) it's just I think and I don't and I I find myself talking about this with my peers and I I like don't want to be the person who's like in my day kind of thing but it just is so different now it's healthier now it sure is healthier now for sure um but and there there's just like different types of 
values placed on the like the work place i think yeah i think it is interesting to see that like we have very different mindsets about work yes there's a more human approach to work now that i don't know that i've caught on to yet for my employees i have caught on to it but for myself i don't know that i have yeah you are always very good about like take the weekend <gasps> log off like <laughs> Thank you. Finally, of someone course. had to get to the end of this episode to find this compliment. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, going from full-time work to freelance, how, without getting into specifics, how do you feel? Like, Do you feel unsure about how you're going to pay your bills or you feel like you've been able to put together enough work to feel comfortable? Yeah, I feel okay now. I feel like at the start, I wasn't really anticipating that I would go freelance so soon. Yeah. I thought I was going to be like half freelance in the summer and then get a full-time job. But it's just like the the gigs have been piling on, That's which has been great. good. Yeah. And I'm like really grateful. And it's such a like a privilege to be able to go freelance at like 23, 24. Because yes. I feel like this You're is your boss. normal. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do something a little bit different with this episode. I am going to send you to a post on my Instagram feed in hopes that you guys are going to connect. I want you to share who you are, what you do for work, what you want to do if you're looking to change. And hopefully, I don't know, our community can help each other out. Ultimately, I want it to be a place where you can mingle and discuss your career change questions, goals, and meet people who can give you advice about getting where you want to be. A link to it in the show notes as well. Great. <laughs> That's it for this episode of Boob Sweat. I want to thank B for coming on. You can find her at bkim.com, B-E-A-Kim.com and connect with her on LinkedIn. Live for LinkedIn. This episode is not sponsored by LinkedIn. She also sent the information for The Mom Project, which helps women remain active in the workforce in every stage of their journey. I'll include a link to them and more resources in the show notes. Be sure to check out our show notes for every episode because we always put fun stuff down there. Have a question or comment? Call our hotline at 201-701-1575. We live for voicemails. If you leave a voicemail, there's a 99.9% chance it'll be featured on the show. We just love them. You can also email us at boobsweatproductions at gmail.com. If you like the show, please rate and review wherever you listen because that shit is important. Here's a review from... T.I.L. Fan. Empowering. Katie and her guests have important conversations about topics that are often avoided. Five stars. And remember to follow the podcast on your podcast app of choice so you never miss an episode. If you can't get enough of me on your phone and in your ears, then you should check out my book Body Talk, which is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and anywhere good books are sold. This show is produced by Wonder Wheel Media and Madison Hickley. Woo! Oh, and thanks to Cheese and John and today my laundry, who always seem to be making noise when I'm recording the show. You can follow me at Katie Storino on Instagram to keep the conversation going. This podcast is over. You bet. <laughs>